It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. You're listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and this is Season 5, Episode 15. As the ever-resilient, ever-not-going-to-make-it-easy-but-ever-always-going-to-find-a-way pull out the shootout victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets off of a huge night from Alexi Lafreniere. And we're going to get into all of that on today's episode. Hey, everybody. Andy here. I'm recording this. The game has literally ended two minutes ago, so I am recording this right after. My co-host James is indisposed with some family stuff, but he wishes everyone well, and it looks forward to being back on our next podcast. But don't worry. Plenty for me to recap. Uh, uh not a pretty nondescript week coming up for the Rangers. Not a buy, by the way, as we were informed, corrected by Joe Micheletti. Uh, the Rangers do not play again until next Saturday against the New Jersey Devils. But that is a just a weird thing about the schedule, apparently. It's not the Rangers' bye week. Their bye week is closer to the, uh, the NHL All-Star game. But, uh, yeah, they're going to have five days off here. So... I was totally prepared, full disclosure, for the Rangers to go into this five, this essentially almost a week off with a loss. Just the way this game against the Columbus Blue Jackets, very frustrating. It just seemed that everything was kind of stacked against the Rangers. I mean, they're, yeah, we're getting right into it. We're just going <laughs> to recap this game right now. Um, nothing was going their way in this game, obviously, for context, going into this game. The Rangers' depth is already being tested. No Adam Fox still. No Philip Heedle still. Uh, no Igor Shosturkin. Jonathan Quick, after missing one game, did come back and was in net for this game. But the Rangers are still plagued by injury issues, and we're going to even get more into that later. Um, but, yeah, it, just right off the hop, there were coming up against a Columbus Blue Jackets team that I believe currently finds themselves on the bottom of the Metropolitan stand. Yep, they are uh, last in the East with 11 points in 14 games or, or 15 games now. I guess now they technically now they have um, 12 points. They got a, they got a point um, from this game tonight. 
in 15 games. But coming off of, I believe, four losses in a row, including they had played uh, yesterday against Saturday night against and lost uh, to the Detroit Red Wings. They had lost four in a row. So you figured they were going to be pretty squirrely to try to change this around as a team that's rebuilding. Um, and it was kind of a, almost like a perfect recipe for the Rangers to lose because they're on fire right now. They're in fuego. They it's, they've had adversity, but they've been staying afloat despite it. You know what I mean? So, but you figure, okay, the Rangers are going to, we're due to drop one. And it started feeling that way. I mean, first period, pretty nondescript. Um, you get one goal for each club. You know, Columbus gets one off of a tip. The Rangers top line with, well, yeah, I say that in quotes, <laughs> with uh, Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad, and Blake Wheeler gets one back on a Chris Kreider goal. And they, you could tell they clearly needed that just for their their confidence to produce. But... You know, fairly low event, nondescript first period. Uh, second period was Jekyll and Hyde for the New York Rangers. The Panarin Lafreniere Trocheck line stays hot. Lafreniere getting a goal off a pretty beautiful feed from Vinny, who has is making a pretty strong case to remain as the second line center, even when Philip Heedle comes back. And we'll probably talk about that a little bit later on this podcast, but that line stays hot. Panarin's point streak to start the season is extended for a, at least one point. And every single game so far this season, him and William Nylander are basically the only two players left in the national hockey league that have a point in every single game so far this season. And they're just, they both keep extending it. So uh, take it till the wheels fall off, but the Rangers take it as they go up two to one. But they take their foot off the gas as they're wane to do, and they start getting much sloppier in their defensive zone coverage. And they basically just let Columbus players repeatedly take it to the net. And Columbus comes back to score two goals in the span of, I believe it was like a minute and 30 seconds, just by basically turnovers and poor puck management uh, by Keandre Miller and Zach Jones um, and just forwards late to come back. And uh, yeah, so just not a recipe for success. The Rangers are then in, so they go from being up to down in the span of a minute and 30 seconds. So you just felt this night was not going right for the Rangers. Just they didn't look like they were had as much jump overall. Not that Columbus looked like they had any jump either, but I almost think it was like the Rangers were waiting for Columbus to play in a style that woke them up and um, which you never want to do, which is kind of playing with fire. But then the Rangers are on the, basically are on the back foot and have to tie the game up very controversial in that Will Cooley eventually, well, debatably, Will Cooley ends up scoring the go-ahead goal with a quick wrister that kind of just squeaks as Merzlikens is up against his post. It kind of squeaks under, and as Cooley does the flyby, he points at it and says, that's in, that's in, that's in. He makes the goal point. Um, the Wefs cut, and the Wefs, the <laughs> I'm uh, Elmer Fudd, the refs. The refs wave, immediately wave the whole thing off and go right to the iPads. And in the longest review I can remember, I'm, I kid you not, if you did not watch the game, 
they were legit talking to Toronto and staring at these iPads for, it seemed like it was 10 minutes. It may have actually been, I didn't time it, but it was ridiculous. And the longer it went, because obviously we're, we're seeing that on the replay, it's clearly when, when Merzlikens, who hasn't moved, removes his foot from the post. It's basically on the backside of the post between his foot and, the, and his skate blade. And it looks like he hasn't, he had definitely hasn't moved since the, during the review, video review, but the longer it took, you just knew the New York Rangers were gonna get jobbed out on this one. They were gonna get screwed somehow. And you knew if they were taking that long, cause they were, I, I if think it was a situation where most people being the fans knew it, the Rangers knew it, the refs knew it, and Toronto knew that the puck was most likely in. However, you have to have definitive evidence in real time. And because such an angle didn't exist, uh, they basically, it's one of those things that they couldn't prove it. They knew it happened, they just could not prove it. And so they were like, well, they just, they said intent, you know, the puck was frozen or intent to blow or whatever they called it on the ice, which was a big cover up you know a a huge conspiracy a jesse ventura size conspiracy and uh yeah they they it, it, it's once again the rangers who i know every team says this but i legitimately think that the rangers are i don't remember the last time the rangers had a call go their way you know they, they've and it, it's funny is that the last time they played the Columbus Blue Jackets in Columbus, what, they had two goals taken away? So Columbus and the Rangers, not a good mix this year. But so the Rangers go basically into the second intermission looking. So they spend most of the third period um, trying to get the equalizer. At one point, Ryan Lindgren takes a pretty brutal boarding from Sean Corrali and it's called on the ice as a three-minute major for boarding. They review it because then you can either scale it down or turn it into a game misconduct if they see that he was a headshot. Uh, it it was a pretty intense boarding. Um, he doesn't necessarily get him in the head, but the way he drives, it just basically pushes... Lind he basically drives through Lindgren's shoulder with his shoulder, and but it, he kind of almost explodes upwards, and it caused Lindgren to just basically explode into the boards and hit it, knock his head on it. So Lindgren goes down. Uh, Benino immediately tries to go after Corrali. Lindgren goes immediately to the room. So the Rangers who are already banged up and their depth is already being tested are now might be without Ryan Lindgren. So that would be Fox. Basically their first pairing gone, their starting goaltender gone, uh, their second line center gone. Uh, you know, so what else is new for the New York Rangers? Um, and so the the Rangers basically go in the power play. During the, that power play, Panarin gets high stick. The Rangers have, it's five on three. The Rangers have a chance to tie it. They do not. It's, they only get two power plays on the night. They spend most of the third period looking. Columbus in the third period, I don't think they tucked, they maybe touched the puck twice. And that's a, that was very much reminiscent of the Rangers of a few seasons ago. Like, David Quinn, late Elaine Vigneault era Rangers when they're lucky to be up and they're basically like, we're just going to 
lay and pray on this one and hope Lundquist keeps us in it. Um, not a good recipe, but they, the Rangers, it's looking like they're not going to tie it up. And I'm like, you know what? I'm, it's, it was an off night for the Rangers, not their best performance by any means, but given how much they've won recently and their depth issues with the injuries and I'm sorry if you can all hear my cat is going absolutely bonkers. I don't know if this uh, New York Rangers victory has him all hyped up, but he's just going back and forth uh, against my leg as I'm trying to record this. So I apologize if you hear something mewing or making a ruckus in the background. Um, and it's just like, you know what? It's not the Rangers night. It's just not going to happen. But lo and behold who 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 saves the day for the new york rangers although technically it was kind of easy cash in but uh because he's been playing so well as the extra attacker on the with the you know when they pulled jonathan quick with under a minute to go alexi lafreniere goes on the ice i believe panarin wrists one through the slot uh it basically for a rebound that spits out in front of merzlikens Kreider, who's standing there as chris Kreider does just gives a soft little feather to the side of the goal mouth where Alexi Lafreniere is waiting to cash it in. He cashes it in. The garden goes absolutely nuts. The Rangers have tied this game. They get a point out of it. Alexi Lafreniere now has his second uh, two-goal game in as many days coming off of his three-point night, the last game against Minnesota. And, yeah, the, rain, the, the building's buzzing now. So we go to overtime, and... It's basically run and gun the whole time. And both the Rangers getting the most of the chances, but Columbus definitely had some dangerous chances off the rush, but the Rangers play it well. Jonathan Quick, was who has been excellent for the Rangers thus far, makes some key saves against Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Laine. The Rangers go back a few times. Uh, Mika and Chris Kreider, who are definitely not feeling themselves as, as much as the Panarin uh, Trocek Lafreniere line right now. They mishandle a few passes and pass up some shots and it, they just, it rolls off their blades and then they're forced going back the other way. But we head to a shootout and first up Artemi Panarin, uh, he kind of loses puck rolls off his blade. I don't think the ice was very nice, but you know, the Knicks played last night, I believe. Um, and yeah, so Panarin, who's usually a lock, doesn't score. Uh, Quick makes a very nice save on Johnny Gaudreau. Then we have Mika, who does the same move Mika's been doing that hasn't gone in in, I don't know, since last year. Did Mika even score? Everyone knows that what Mika is about. He's got two moves. He's got the fake to the backhand and then quickly stash it, uh, you know, high glove, where he either misses the net or the goaltender just reads it because that's the file on him or he does the fake that and then quickly try to go to the the backhand so mika tries the you know the classic number number two and it doesn't work um then patrick line comes down the ice with a head of steam and i'm like patrick line is going to blow this puck uh past jonathan quick and the rangers are basically going to lose and but you know what i'm okay i'm proud of them for coming back at the point but uh quick Stays gets a piece of it and it just kind of shanks it over to the you know the side of the net and I'm like wow the Rangers have a chance to put the pressure on here and have all the momentum and they might win this thing 
but I'm saying to myself, well, who who do you put in? Do you put in Vinny, who is in, inconsistent, but has scored in the shootout before? I mean, do you put in Lafreniere, considering how hot he's been? Do you put in Kako, who is looking for confidence right now, but has very good soft hands and is good in the shootout sometimes? Uh, but they put Lafreniere, and he, who, I mean, in a thing of beauty, this kid is feeling himself. It's amazing what a little confidence can do. Just a few forehand, backhand, forehand, backhand, forward, just loading up each one. And then he loads up his backhand and you just think he's going to go forehand again. And he just, with authority, just literally backhands at straight, straight on as high as he can, uh, top glove corner. And it's a thing of beauty. Now, all, all Quick has to do is make the stop on, I forget who it was. It doesn't matter. It was probably like Sean Corrali or somebody. I don't know. Or Boone Jenner. I don't know. Uh, and the Rangers got it in the bag. Quick makes the initial stop. The puck flips up in the air. It lands on top of the net. And we all had flashbacks to that puck basically rolling down Quick's back a few games ago. But it stays on top of the net. Quick turns around basically wax it off the top of the netting and the Rangers win. They won the game. They found a way to win because that's all they've been doing recently is winning. And uh, was this a, would I say this is one of the Rangers better games? No. However, you got to give them credit, man. All these other teams in the league that are losing right now, who, you know, especially powerhouse team, just not like, even, you know, I think, Teams like uh, Boston and, and the Golden Knights, who are mostly still powerhouses, they have one, but they'll have an off night, and then they'll just come back and be a powerhouse again. You, know, you have the the Colorado Avalanche, who looks terribly out of sorts, out of Alexander Gurgiev getting lit up for four plus goals every other game. What's going on? Devils obviously having depth issues, and they've lost to some teams they probably should have beat in the last few days. But the New York Rangers, it's not an excuse for them. And they keep banking points, and they just keep winning. And I, it, the funny thing is, once the Rangers are fully healthy, I fully expect them to go have a mini slump because no team goes, you know, obviously unless Boston last year. But it's very rare for a team to not have a, a stretch where they're not playing their best hockey and they're just winning, you know, losing games they deserve to win. And just, but the Rangers say what you want, but they're resilient and they find ways and they get key contributions from the people they need to when it's time to so and yeah i mean that's on the back of i i am eating a world of crow about what i thought about jonathan quick i was like this is going to be a disaster how foolish i was to doubt the great benoit air i thought he's he listen he is the best goalie coach in the game, in my opinion, but he's not a miracle worker. Folks, I, I was wrong. He is a miracle worker. Jonathan Quick looks engaged, fired up. When the Rangers let in the two quick ones because they were getting behind and they, he basically kind of yelled at the bench, less in a like, a more in a like wake up guys, like come on, like they're basically, you're letting them, <laughs> you're basically letting them, uh, you're not giving me any help back here, but like, come on, let's 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 be alert so we can win this thing. So, and they win the game, and he holds the fort. He makes a huge save when the Rangers after the Rangers attempt to tie it. Um, I think it was either dying dying seconds of the second period 
basically just it's a, a two-on-one af- after a poor turnover and he just makes the splits and he gets it key a game saving that it was legitimately the game it saved the game for the rangers because if they score on that there's you know it's over but uh he battles even despite the rangers you know being a little shell-shocked from giving up the two goals and and going from the euphoria of hey we're gonna win this game to like oh shit we're gonna lose this game but kudos to to quick he keeps them in it Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. If you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NEW-YORK or text HOPE-NEW-YORK 467369. In Connecticut, help is available for a problem gambling by calling 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Halloween is come and gone, and now the holiday season is upon us. And you know what that means. Uh, absolute chaos. Now, it may be too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. And why not take care of it now, before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare? Especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because their early Black Friday sale is going on right now. Yep, right now. You've heard me talk about Raycon products before, uh, and I in the past I've told you, how much I love my Raycon uh, everyday earbuds. Use them for when I'm working out or going on a, running errands, going on a walk, so I can uh, watch some show from my laptop while I'm over uh, doing the dishes. Uh, they are incredible, and they just make the uh, mundane things a little bit more enjoyable. So, uh, yeah, I absolutely a huge fan of them. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds, which are known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And just this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro-USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with 100-watt power delivery. And their faucet filter ultra filters in the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring that the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half of the price of other premium tech brands, it's no wonder their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. So to get everyone in on the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site. And with select products up to 50% off. 
So beat the crowds now and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off of Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. I tell you, folks, no one is happier than I to see Alexi Lafreniere taking the steps that he is finally taking right now. And it's literally nothing has changed. It's confidence. It's everything Ranger fans have been clamoring for, whether it's being put in a position to succeed by Peter Laviolette, just the confidence boosting saying, hey, as long as you're on the right side of the puck, I don't care so much about the numbers you put up. Just keep playing. And lo and behold, the more confidence he builds, the stronger he gets, the faster he gets, the more confident and skilled he gets. And it's just he's flat out just not making the same mistakes he was making early in his career. He's moving his feet more. He's able to protect the puck better. Now that he's a threat to do something with it, he's got his poise has grown tremendously playing with Panarin and Trocek, which I think is a important skill for a lot of superstar players to have is that you want to be confident with the puck in or slash near your feet and not just when you feel pressure, just instantly try to put it somewhere. So it's not your problem. He's growing into his strength a little bit so he can protect pucks and he's winning his puck battles and then he can make a play with it. He can get it to Panarin or Trocek, or he can get it back to the point, which he's been pretty good at in the past. Yeah, and he's flashing. He's dropping more dimes with his cross ice passes have are back. We're, we're Essentially, we're seeing the, the Alexi Lafreniere. We saw all that YouTube footage. We were lust, All Rangers fans were lusting over YouTube footage of his basically highlights from his junior career when the Rangers were in a position to draft him. And... The, I guess the elephant in the room is it's so great that this is happening for Lafreniere, but you know who it's not happening for is Capococco. He's done some good things, but he's clearly not playing with the same burst of speeds and confidence that Lafreniere is playing with right now. In fairness to Kako, although yes, it's great to be with Will Cooley, every, he hasn't been especially with the heel injury, he really hasn't been put in the position to succeed. When he was up with the top line, you know, Mika Zibanejad and Chris Kreider are still doing pretty much nothing now with Blake Wheeler instead of Chris Kreider, or excuse me, instead of uh, Capo Caco. And now Capo's on the third line, probably getting a little bit less ice time every now and then, getting shifts with people like Barkley Gaudreau and, and Nick Benino. So it's going to be tough. But the good news is, with Vinny Trocek playing the way he's playing, it's going to be pretty hard to split up the trio of Trocek, Panarin, and Lafreniere. So when Heal comes back, you, you know he's 100% going to be just playing in the center between Cooley and Kako. And I think that line can be absolutely dangerous. Will Cooley, what a pleasant surprise this season. This kid is big. He's mean. He's got more skill and poise than I even anticipated. And he just makes things happen. I just think that's a that's a big line that can make life a nightmare off the cycle. He's got, he's faster than Kako, but Kako can help keep pucks in for that group and use his hands in close to the net. And that could just, honestly, that line could just cycle around the net and just make life an absolute hell for the opposing team. And if you have 
if it's possible to ever get Mika and Chris going. Mika's usually a slow starter, but then when he catches fire, he's on fire. So if the Panarin line can continue to play the way they're playing, and then you have a pretty deadly new kid line with uh, Cooley taking the place of Alexi Lafreniere, you have the recipe for a great line. But yeah, the Rangers need to get help healthy first. Um, obviously, the Lindegren injury is scary. I doubt... You know, I'm going to check in real time. This is real great podcasting. We're going to see if there's any updates. So let's go to our pal Vince, who I believe is talking to Peter Laviolette. Ah, here we go. And it's an upper body injury for Lindgren per Laviolette. Said they're continuing to evaluate. Um, as for the hit from Sean Corrali, there was something going on through the course of the game with both of those guys, and his elbow clearly took him to his head. Head is worrisome. So not great um, for Lindgren. Luckily, the Rangers do have five days here, but the injury woes continue for them, which is not a good sign, not something you want. But if the Rangers are going to get hit by the injury bug, you want to be early and not later. It's probably going to be more of a thing for them this year. I think they're playing more engaged and they're drawing more iron attention from the other team than ever before. But they have to stay the course and you just hope it's law of averages and they take their licks now, but they can get healthy and no one's dealing with any long-term stuff or, you know what I mean? Especially when you really have to worry about Philip Heedle and Lindgren if this is a head issue when it comes to concussions. Those are really serious inju- you know, issues. Not that Adam Fox's uh, leg issue, you know, leg issue isn't, but yeah, just obviously you have to be really careful of that sort of stuff. So hopefully they're all right. You know, Lindgren has traditionally been the second coming of Dan Girardi and being like Wolverine in that he's just you you're like oh well he's out for the season and then he just comes out the next period with like I don't know they said oh yeah they they gave him a shot in the back and now he's here you know what I mean with like a a bandage or stitches or whatever so he's an absolute warrior so but luckily the Rangers have five days here to take rest that'll be huge so you know hopefully Fox can continue to get back closer to being ready same thing with Heedle, uh, Igor, and now Lindgren, I guess. So it uh, couldn't have come, schedule-wise, couldn't have come at a better time. So maybe a little serendipitous. In other Rangers-adjacent news, they have to hire a new head coach for the Hartford Wolfpack because, uh, I don't know if you've heard by now, but due to their early season woes, the Edmonton Oilers have fired Jay Woodcroft as their head coach and the job is going to none other than Chris Knobloch, head coach, well, former head coach of the Hartford Wolf Pack. On top of being fairly well respected in coaching circles, uh, Chris Knobloch coached Connor McDavid for three seasons in the Erie Otters in junior. So the player and the coach are familiar with one another. You have to imagine that's what was a big factor. Uh, I believe today Vince said that when it came time for the Rangers to make their coaching switch from Gerard Gallant and they were interviewing new head coaches. It, it, although Knobloch probably was received a, an interview, an inter, you know, department interview with the team that it wasn't really ever that close to coming to fruition. Uh, but it, it's basically been believed for a while that it was a matter of if not when he gets a chance to coach head coach in the nhl this is too good of an opportunity for him to pass up obviously so the rangers were not going to stand in his way 
And uh, that stinks because Hartford is uh, doing fairly well this year. And I think now block, honestly, Hartford under his tenure has been a good team the last few seasons. So best of luck to him. Um, I believe in the interim head coach of the Hartford Wolf Pack will be um sorry again great podcasting by me i gotta go back in on this twitter timeline uh yada 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 oh this is so great uh word is that steve smith will serve as interim head coach for the harford wolf pack a search for Knobloch's replacement will begin immediately that's also per vince mercagliano so yeah you know obviously stinks for the wolf pack but hopefully They've been a good team this year. Hopefully they can continue there without too much of a beat. Uh, hopefully, Steve, I don't know anything about what Steve Smith plans on doing. Hopefully, if he, any changes he does make are not too detrimental to the team playing style. So we'll see. But Knobloch uh, has a pretty good... He's essentially has a similar... The word on him is similar to that of what was promised with David Quinn, that he'd be good with working with younger players, and he's more of a... It's his ability to communicate with younger players and empower them to get them to perform. You know what I mean? So we'll see. I mean, Edmonton, they do have some younger players that they're looking on top of, obviously, you know, their older players and McDavid. Well, it feels weird to call McDavid an older player, but he is, you know, Leon and McDavid, but... You know, they, they need more. Those guys, Leon and Connor, and I guess to a lesser extent, people like Ryan Nugent Hopkins have had to do it all for so long. So they just need more. They need more support on that team. Um, they need better goaltending, obviously. They had to um, send down Jack Campbell. Um, so, but I mean, the underlying analytics show that Edmonton are actually a better team. They, you know, they're one of the better teams in the league this year at creating offense. It's just not getting the goaltending and, and, you know, their shooting percentage, uh, will basically needs to <laughs> go back to the mean a bit because eventually they'll start scoring and more of the shots are taking, but, um, yeah. So I guess congratulations in order to Chris Knobloch, you know, you have to hope. Well, I don't have to hope. I'm a Ranger fan. I don't really care. I, I like seeing Edmonton in disarray just for, although I say that, but lo and behold, watch Edmonton get in disarray and then Connor McDavid um, will, I guess, demand a trade to, I don't know, the Washington Capitals or something or another team in the, in the division or the Islanders or whatever. So, uh, and we don't want that happening. So, yeah. What else? What else? What else? Um, oh, yeah. I mean, New York Rangers recent first round pick Gabe Perot absolutely lighting it up in his rookie year at Boston College. I believe he leads the Eagles, the B, uh, BC Eagles in points. And I believe he's second or tied for second in NCAA rookie scoring. I think he's first in assists for I, I think that's I don't know if that's rookies or all players, but uh, yeah, Gabe Perot is essentially a quick adjustment for him to get used you know there was questions about obviously the reason he was not taken as high as his line mates in will smith and ryan leonard was because he does not have the physical traits that they do but once again this kid's hockey iq is so elite he essentially smashed the us ntdp uh all-time point record set by austin matthews and the assist record set by jack hughes um and he's just 
flashing more of that elite IQ all over the ice for the Eagles. Um, and yeah, that line of him, Leonard, and, and Smith are as dangerous as ever. It was great that they got to take the step together. Um, it'll be interesting to see one, the day that they finally all have to go their separate ways to their respective NHL teams. Smith going to the San Jose Sharks and Leonard going to the Washington Capitals and Perot to the Rangers. Maybe, you know, It'll see how they will all perform away from one another. But the good news is for Rangers fans that Perot is basically, he's just, he finds a way to get involved and make every Every time he's on the ice, he finds a way to make the players around him better with his uh, pretty insane vision, excellent passing, and just his, yeah, his, just his uh, Derek Stepan-esque ability of knowing where to be, when to be. So, uh, Gabe Perot off to a scorching start. I guess bef- in final news, it's not even news, but uh, rumors for out of the Patrick Kane wash is that him to Buffalo is pretty much a done deal and will be announced sometime this week, according to some rando on Twitter that everyone seems to be vetting or saying that it, this guy, I guess, has... I don't know this person from Adam, but apparently everyone's saying it's going to be Buffalo. Uh, so, makes sense. Home t- Apparently, they can offer him a little bit more money. They can offer him term. I don't. I think, obviously, with the hip resurfacing, teams were probably scared about offering term other than one year and or money that they don't, because we know lots of teams are cap scratch, uh, uh, cash-strapped. <laughs> but Buffalo is his hometown. They do have some, they can offer him some money, and they can probably offer him more than a single season. So... Yeah, and they're if they're even though they're struggling a bit this year, they you could tell by their talent level they they will not stay down for long. So even if it doesn't work out for them this year, or they could pop next year. And Kane to Buffalo has just always seemed like it was going to happen at some point in Patrick Kane's career. So, uh, yeah, pretty cool for them. And obviously, as a Rangers fan, I am happy because I do not want to be the team that gambles on a fresh off of a rip. Jesus Christ, I am a mush mouth tonight, folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> Fresh off of a hip resurfacing, the same type of procedure that did not take for Nick Backstrom in Washington to yeah to gamble on Patrick Kane at his age and his non-existent defensive play. So especially considering this year the Rangers are winning games essentially by their team structure and defense. So uh, yeah, if that's true you know great if that's not true and he is going to be a ranger uh well shit i guess i'll have to process that knowledge when it happens but for now i and the new york rangers have a few days off to before fretting about another hockey game so hopefully they the team can take this time to rest up and get their eye on the prize get healthy because they come back with a really tough test against their rivals from across the Hudson River and the New Jersey Devils. So I hope everyone enjoys their week and uses this time off from being glued to their television sets and this team that is uh, induces heartburn to, you know, get to finally get to that uh, passion project you were thinking about or finally hang those picture frames you have been putting off for too long or whatever you need to do because you got five days to rest up and then we're right back at it uh with a tilt with our rivals from across the hudson 
Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on X at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.